Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I am joined by, first and foremost, the Forever Mad Online, Gina Kelly. Gina, how you doing? I am doing great, David. Really excited to talk about the Atlanta Falcons today. What a beautiful thing to do on a beautiful Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that hurt me in my soul just a little bit. <laughs> um, joining us uh, for the first time in a while, this is going to be a lot of fun, is the one and only one of our fellow editors at The Falcoholic, Matt Chambers. Matt. How you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm about to talk about the Falcons roster, so I think this, there's a good possibility this ruins my entire weekend. <laughs> oh, the, I, I, I'm not going to put odds against that. Let's just leave it at that. And yes, we are going to talk about the Falcons roster, specifically in this podcast about the offense. We will have another podcast coming where we examine the defense, but I wanted to get some folks together Talk about each of these position groups. Um, give an overall grade or feeling of how we uh, perceive this team going into the 2021 season. So let's just jump into it. Um, let's obviously start at the top. Um, it's the quarterback position. And I want to point out, this is really interesting before we get into this conversation. If you go to AtlantaFalcons.com, and they may change this, but you look at the depth chart. Um, they have both Felipe Franks and Josh Rosen in the second column. So they're even sort of both guys are still on the 53 man roster as of the time of this recording. Not sure how long that's going to stay the case, but they have Franks and Rosen sort of listed next to each other. Both is the backup quarterback. Um, and obviously they're backing up Matt Ryan. Um, so I, this is the position, I guess, that matters the most, Matt. Um, let's start with the starter uh, with Matt Ryan. You know, this is his. 13th oh my god 13th year in the nfl um as you're thinking about you know quarterback play uh, are you feeling good about where the falcons are at uh, with this veteran quarterback coming back yeah you know i'm feeling pretty good about it um i, I would feel a little better if we had you know actually seen matt ryan um during the preseason <laughs> we, uh, the most we really saw from him was uh, warming up and like he looked pretty good. He's stretching his hamstrings. I, I, I felt good about that. Um, but you know, you you do kind of wonder, you know, is, is Ryan going to look comfortable um, in this new scheme? Kind of new scheme. It's kind of like the Shanahan scheme. Um, not really sure. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still kind. I, I wish I felt a little bit more certain on this. But you know, th there is a good possibility considering, uh, like I said, he he didn't play in preseason that. It, you know, we're going to get off to a rocky start on this. So, um, so I'm not, I'm not sure if we're, if we're tossing grades down on this, but you know, I, I just still have so many questions and that's before we even get into the, the backup situation. Yeah. I mean, 
that's a really fair point. It's uh, we haven't seen him, Gina. He's uh, the first two preseason games. He didn't even dress out like he was literally drinking coffee on the field in the first preseason game, um, which was kind of funny, a, a great image, sort of, uh, you know, indicative of how the Falcons felt about the preseason. Um, but as Matt noted, you know, he dressed and we saw him stretch and that was about extent about the extent of it. How do you feel about Matt Ryan going into this season, you know, with everything that Matt said, you know, new offense hasn't, hasn't played at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I really think back to the last time that, um, the last couple of times that we've seen Ryan with a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme. And like 2015 really stands out as an abysmal season for him as mm. he was adjusting to the Kyle Shanahan offense. So I am trying to temper my expectations a little bit um, just because of that, there is going to be a learning curve. And like Matt said, it's really hard to know how to feel about how Matt Ryan's going to look in this scheme since we didn't see him doing anything, but, you know, drinking coffee and stretching during the preseason. <laughs> I will say this. Um, and I missed the last preseason game because I was on vacation, but I remember in the first one, something that really stood out to me was how engaged Matt Ryan was when the offense was on the field and, you know, asking the coaches around him questions, clarifying things, you know, he was really dialed in. So I know I, I feel very confident after covering him for so many years that he's putting in the work to be prepared and ready to go week one. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's still a lot of uncertainty just because we haven't seen him in this new scheme. Yeah. Um, and it's fair to wonder if this scheme is going to be close enough to what Shanahan ran that Ryan will be comfortable with the concepts because, you know, even though we talk about Shanahan, it was just two years that he was here he still ran that scheme for four years, two more under Steve Sarkeesian before Dirk Cutter came in and showed that he literally can't understand any of the concepts that Shanahan runs. Um, <laughs> and I do want to point out, and, and I think we've all noticed this at the Falcoholic, Ryan is sort of a notoriously poor starter at the beginning anyways. Like mm -hmm. every year he tends to start like some of his worst games uh, a couple years ago where he had like, I think a four interception game against Philadelphia, even though they won that game, it was, you know, early on in the season. And of course their first game is against Philadelphia. So there's no bad omen there, but th <laughs> this feels like um, I, I do have a ton of confidence in Matt Ryan that he will eventually be fine with the scheme. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as 2015. Cause I do think if, if you've seen what um, Arthur Smith does, a lot of the concepts are the same. Um, and I think that uh, what we saw him do with um Oh, what's his face uh, in Tennessee? Um, Tannehill. Tannehill, thank you. Good God, I drew a blank. Uh, what he did with Tannehill and getting him up to speed quickly into that scheme, uh, I think is a, is a good sign. And Because I think if you're comparing Tannehill and Ryan, I'd still take Ryan as the more cerebral, more complete quarterback. Um, I, I feel confident that he'll eventually get it going, but I think actually like the first few games may be rough um, because it's not just about Matt Ryan. We'll talk about the other players in a little bit but it's about the guys around him too and whether mm -hmm. they're fully on board and understand what's going on in the scheme. And that's a toss up and, and something we'll have to see develop. So it, if you're going to give like a letter grade, just to you know, be overly simplistic on a complex topic, um, Gina, where would you land with Matt Ryan just as a starter, not, you know, not necessarily even <clears throat> scheme wise or, you know, uh, being concerned about the lack of playing time, but just as him as a starter, what, where do you feel he lands? 
Uh, I would say B plus at worst. I mean, honestly, you know, look around the league and how many teams have real questions at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Um, The Falcons don't have that. You know, Matt Ryan may get off to a slow start, but we certainly have a large enough sample size to be confident that he'll hit a stride. He'll be fine. He's a very consistent, very reliable veteran starter. Uh, I would say B plus at worst. Uh, Matt, what about you? Well, okay, so I'm going a little worse than uh, that. I, I probably put it right at a B. Like, I, I do still think you obviously have a lot of potential here, but uh, just just with all the questions, all all the concerns, I, I probably put them at a B and, you know, just generally kind of expect, uh, you know, pr- probably like an average year with uh, with everything we had just discussed. So, And B is for bust, by the way. Yeah, I think that what Matt bust. is saying is that he is a bust. He's a bust. <laughs> I mean, if you put Glenn Dorsey back there, um, <laughs> I, I think you'd be seeing a completely different team, a completely different offense. Um, where's, where's Dave when you need him? Uh, we, we need to find a good big bus to throw Dave under, as we do every week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sort of with you guys, but I'm going to put the caveat on that I think he's going to start the season uh, sort of as a B minus from a play standpoint. I believe as a quarterback, he's a B plus, like you said, Gina. Um, but I think his performance will probably be like B minus into a C category beginning. And I think it will get better and he may cross over into the A category because of the scheme being a better fit for him overall than, than whatever the hell that was that dirt cut around here the past few years. Um, I can't wait for everybody to tweet us that they should have just drafted Justin Fields <laughs> because I, I, that's, that's my other prediction around Matt Ryan, that we will get a lot of those tweets early. Oh, in it's season. inevitable. It is inevitable. Um, uh, or God forbid, I, I don't know if we'll see people saying we should have drafted Mac Jones, but that that yeah. could be an interest. Like if that one happens, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a little bit of a conniption fit. Um, yeah. Have you not been on the internet before? That's going to happen. As soon as, <laughs> yes, uh, it's one hundred percent going like, to happen. <laughs> yeah, if he has like two good passes in a row, um, you're you're going to see that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, to be fair, uh, someone did tweet me literally today saying that. Josh Rosen is a better quarterback. So we're already, we're well, already was it me? <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> was not, but we're already scraping the bottom of the barrel and we haven't even gotten to the regular season yet. So this our our uh, the people who follow us, listen to us, read our stuff. They never fail to disappoint in that regard. Um, all right. Backup quarterbacks, the two headed weird as hell monster of, Felipe Franks and Josh Rosen. Um, Gina, I'll go to you here first. Uh, we all know if Matt Ryan goes down, like it's problems are ahead, but where do you stand on her backing up quarterback situation? Where I stand is doing everything in my power to make like to will Matt Ryan to stay healthy because this is a complete disaster. Um, I'm really glad that the Falcons hit hundred percent vaccination rate, because I know that one of the concerns for teams around the league is what if your starting quarterback isn't vaccinated? <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, I'm looking at you guys. Um, you've got to make sure that you have a viable backup. The Falcons do not have that on the roster. Uh, Felipe Franks, I think, has a lot of potential. I love the what he can do with his legs, but his passing leaves a lot to be desired. And in the NFL, that's kind of a big deal. Um, Josh Rosen, I'm actually probably a little bit more bullish on Rosen than a lot of people are. Um, I think that he's, you know, had some pretty raw deals in his mm-hmm. 
initial, you know, the initial part of his career, I don't think he's really had a chance to stick someplace with a coaching staff that's invested in helping him develop. Um, hopefully he's landed in a place where that will be the case. And, you know, I think that you can look at the success that Arthur Smith had with Ryan Tannehill and at least have some hope for Rosen to improve, to be a viable backup. Um, but all in all, and, and yeah, the other thing I do want to add is that Felipe Franks and Josh Rosen are both better options than AJ McCarron. I wish him <laughs> the best in his recovery. I hope that he gets well. And I hope that he never takes another snap preseason or otherwise for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is, it's just kind of a hot mess, <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> the backup I... situation leaves some things to be desired. Yeah, I can already feel where that grade is heading. Uh, Matt, are you feeling wonderful about the backup quarterbacks? Well, uh, David, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. If you told me a year ago I would be discussing A.J. McCarron, Felipe <laughs> Franks, and Josh Rosen, I would have just quit the site and stopped following this team. Just that would have been blank. a fair decision. Um, oh, yeah, this I, – I, I really can't I, – I can't see any – I, I can't see any way where I can, I can find like the positive aspects of this. Uh, AJ McCarron was so bad. So um, maybe we've dodged that bullet. Good luck to him with, uh, you know, uh, we'll, you know, his future, whatever. Um, but if like Felipe Franks, he, he, he can't pass the ball. Like we, we, we saw it. He's, he's not ready yet. That's a practice squad guy um, right now that that would be trouble. And, as much as I want to say, like, you know what? Josh Rosen didn't look terrible in preseason. We've seen a lot of Josh Rosen in the NFL, yeah. and it's been bad. It's yeah. always been bad. And it's not like it's not like a little bad where you're like, maybe you can kind of work through some things. This is not like a Ryan Tannehill uh, rehabilitation project. Josh Rosen is a bad quarterback. <laughs> um, like, there, there, there's no – like I, I want to get dragged in and be like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe Arthur Smith can kind of fix them. Uh, I, it's, I, I just can't. This, this is a terrible, terrible situation. And we have to hope that uh, Ryan stays healthy or, um, or I don't know, I guess we, you know, we could be dra drafting in the top three or something. If, uh, if Ryan goes okay. down, I, I guess that's, I, I, I guess that's positive. There's my, yeah, there's I mean, my positive spin on it. <laughs> I, I think that I think that the backup plan, if my if Matt Ryan doesn't stay healthy, is to just hope for the heat death of the universe to come sooner, so that we don't have to be exposed to whatever terrible football takes place after that. That's that's sort of what I'm hoping for, anyways. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Matt, your grade, grade these backup quarterbacks. Oh, this is a hard F. Hard oh, F. Hard F. Hard F. There's no, I, yeah, hard F. I can't, I can't pull anything positive out of this, but may, maybe we'll be talking about uh, some of these other top quarterbacks in the draft if uh, Matt Ryan goes down. So, you know, we, we do have that to look forward to. F for fair. Uh, Gina, <laughs> great. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with F also. <laughs> like, I do not feel <laughs> confident about these guys. I don't think that either one is really prepared to take over if Matt Ryan would happen to get hurt, which uh, I hope to, everything does not happen. So yeah, hard F for me too. What's great is um, I've heard from people over the years that were way too positive <laughs> at the Falcoholic. <laughs> I'm giving it an F as well. Like I, 
I don't, I don't think that's a problem anymore, is it? I, I don't no. think the positivity <laughs> is an issue anymore. Um, Has it been a problem since 2016? Because I feel like not all, so much. <laughs> we're broken. We're broken. Yeah, we could probably put a very specific date and even time on that. More yeah. than likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, without a doubt. Um, all right. So Matt Ryan, B-ish in the grade. The backups, uh, incredibly problematic uh, with an F. Again, and I think Arthur Smith has said he feels good about the quarterbacks, but they could still make a move at the position. Uh, it would not surprise me if both of these guys are not on the 53-man roster at some point during the season. So um, we'll see how this one plays out. All right, running back. I want to move to this position next. This one <laughs> just saw a recent shakeup. Uh, Quadri Olison uh, has been shipped off. He, at this point, I haven't seen that he's been signed to any other team. Um, the Falcons did not put him on their practice squad. Uh, I don't know that it means they're permanently done with him because, you know, Brian Hill comes to mind as someone who sort of bounced back uh, after a period of time. But right now, um, the Falcons are moving forward with Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, um, Keith Smith at fullback, and their new signing, uh, running back Wayne Gallman. So no running backs on this roster were here in 2020 a complete turnover of the position, uh, which is really interesting. You don't see that usually year to year, not, not to this extent. Um, so Gina, just because I feel like this is going to be a position where it's going to be sort of by committee. Um, give me your general feel for the entire group. And, you know, you can talk to the specifics of each player and, and how you feel about them, but the, the group in general, as it stands. Yeah, I don't hate it. <clears throat> I actually love the Mike Davis signing. <clears throat> I think that he's just been an excellent addition to the team. I love his energy. Uh, I played him a few times last year when he was filling in for McCaffrey in Carolina and DFS, and he actually helped me win money. So, I, you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty happy with that. I'm really excited about his potential. I was genuinely surprised with the timing of the Allison cut, but I like the Goldman signing. Um, mm -hmm. I still, you know, I don't really know what to expect. Obviously he's going to have, you know, have to learn the playbook and all that kind of stuff because he just got here like yesterday. But um, I like that signing. And then Patterson, I like because he's pretty much a multi-purpose weapon. I mean, he can help you in the return game. He can act as a receiver out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, so I like his versatility as the third guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, as far as the entire running back position turning over on the roster like their run game was so non-existent last year that i think that that was probably necessary mm, obviously that's a good point and, yeah and probably my biggest concern about the running backs group has nothing to do with the running backs it has to do with the offensive line and their yeah. ability to block and create openings for them to actually get something done on the ground so it's like you know as far as the players themselves i'm i like this group um pretty happy with it and excited to see what they can do but obviously i'm concerned about the offensive line being able to do what they need to do for this unit to be successful yeah and the one of the things that stands out is the people are saying arthur smith has a type i think that's probably true mike davis mm -hmm. cordero patterson and gallman are all big boys they're they're going to be punishing runners um, none of these guys is what you would consider sort of like the shifty um, Edo Smith model, you know, smaller guy that can, you know, create uh, separation and, and, you know, juke guys. These guys are the kind that are going to run you over. 
Um, and the, the one thing I do like about them is, uh, at least with Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson, both guys are capable receivers. Mike Davis had 59 receptions last year for Carolina. Um, so he is very good out of the backfield. Um, Matt, what do you think about these running backs in the overall position group as a whole and the quality of it? Uh, you know, what I, what I really appreciate is that Arthur Smith has really embraced that zero running back idea that people have been doing in fantasy for so long. He's doing that with a real NFL team by just adding whoever gets super cheap. Um, okay, so uh, fantasy football joke. We, we, we kind of have that out of the way. Uh, I, I actually don't hate. Uh, I, I don't hate this at all. Um, Mike Davis, like, I, I think that could be a sneaky good signing. Uh, I mean, everyone saw him filling in for Christian McCaffrey last year, like good, well-rounded. I, I think he should be a pretty good scheme fit here. Um, you know, obviously Allison's gone and I, I, I know some people took that negatively, but uh, I mean, quite honestly, Allison was very bad. Very, he very bad. Any, he's never done anything. So he, I mean, so he's he's had a very small number of carries, but like he still averaged two point three yards per carry. I actually looked it up yesterday to say like, all right, what well, what is with this guy? What well, one catch? Uh, there's there, there's so very little to go on, but like even when you're watching him, you know he's he, he's not giving you a lot of that. Oh well, you know may, maybe next year he'll put it all together and he'll he'll be great. Like no, he's he, he's just very slow, uh, not as physical as what you would want. So I, I was, I was much more concerned with him as our running back uh, two, running back three, wh- wh- wherever he was um, slotted in there, just because I, I, I don't think he was very good. We've, we've had two years. We've had, yeah, we, we've had two different coaching staffs look at him and say, you know what, we're not going to really give him the football um, with obviously the latest one saying, we're not going to give you a roster spot either. Um, but the, the Gallman signing is actually really, really interesting. He, he was one of my top uh, potential um, additions for this team because he filled in. We, we have a lot of backup running backs, as you can tell, but he filled in last year for Saquon Barkley. And uh, I, I guess we're going to circle this back around to fantasy. He helped me win a couple games last year. <laughs> um, but I mean, e- even just ignoring his fantasy points, uh, like this is a guy who put up, uh, you know, 100 plus rushing yard games, uh, scoring touchdowns, like he, a, a pretty good pass catcher as well. So like he he does look very well rounded. He's got he he's got a little bit of juice. I wouldn't want to make him your starting running back, but if you if you want to split carries between Mike Davis and Gallman, like I think that that I think there's there's some potential there. Definitely some some potential there. So I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be kind of cautiously optimistic here. Uh, Cordell Patterson as well is that that kind of uh, uh, I guess you probably call him kind of a gadget guy as of this point. I'm not sure exactly yeah. how how he's gonna get played, but. Um, but I, I think, I think he's interesting, uh, there, obviously the, the, the staff definitely wanted him. They paid him a, a pretty good amount of money. I think he, I think he got paid slightly more than Mike Davis on an annual basis, whatever it was, it was pretty close, but I, I think all three of them together, no, no one is a clear running back one, but if you're going full running back by committee, um, that's not a bad spot to be in. And if the offense, you know, gets put together, like it should, I mean, that's kind of how the, that's kind of how the 49ers run. That's how a lot of these similar schemes tend to run. So I'm, I'm kind of, kind of excited, better, better than the quarterback, the backup quarterback situation. (laughs) Yeah. I I think the depth here is a lot better. As you know, this with Gallman's coming in, he's going to be like essentially third in line behind Davis and Patterson. And Patterson uh, is one of those guys that even though he doesn't have an extensive career running the football uh, from a traditional running back position, 
uh, he is certainly uh, an explosive runner once the ball is in his hands. And I think that's uh, to, to your point, he's sort of a gadget guy, but um, he's also very big and very fast gadget guy. So uh, he is not like, uh, um, you know, Taylor Gabriel, you know, sort of an undersized, really quick guy. Patterson can run people over too. He is a big, big dude. So uh, this is interesting. It, it, it was funny. Everyone kept saying, oh, Arthur Smith has a type. And I'm like, I, I don't know. But once they got rid of Allison and they brought in Gallman, I was like, okay, yeah, he he definitely has a type. Um, so Matt, your grade for the group. Ooh, for the whole group? Uh, yeah. well, let's just land on a B. I, 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 think, I, I think B is kind of right about where, you know, right about where I see this. Okay. Gina? Yeah, uh, I'm actually going to agree with Matt. I think B is a pretty solid grade for this group. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I feel like the the depth is good. Uh, they've got three very capable guys, guys that have been in backup roles. And when you're doing running back by committee, I feel like this is this is a good approach. And uh, I, if they lose one guy, I don't think they're going to be suddenly in dire straits the way that Carolina was, as an example, when they lost Christian McCaffrey or um, that Dallas would be if they lost an, an Ezekiel Elliott. So uh, very interested to see how this one plays out. Okay. Um, wide receiver. Actually, you know what? Before we go to wide receiver, I want to go to tight end. And we're going to finish with the second half of the podcast with the offensive line and wide receiver, because I think that's where it's going to get really interesting. But let's go to tight end, because this one, um, I think you could argue, is um, one of the most interesting position groups on the entire team. They've got three guys currently. Uh, many of us thought they would have four, but they're running with three. Um, the elite weapon, Lee Smith. Uh, <laughs> uh, God, I hope you people know I'm kidding. Jesus. Um, Hayden Hurst, <laughs> the starter from last year. And of course, fourth number four pick in this uh, 2021 NFL draft, Kyle Pitts, the, the freak out of Florida. Um, Gina, uh, I, I'm assuming right now that you know, even though they have Kyle Pitts as second string, which is such a, it's come on, like, we don't buy it. Come on guys. Um, we're going to treat it as if Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts are the starters And Lee Smith, um, even though he's listed as a starter is sort of the, you know, he's a backup, but he's going to be in there primarily for run blocking, pass blocking. How do you feel about the two starters about Hayden Hurst and about Kyle Pitts? Uh, I love this duo. I absolutely mm. love it. I'm super excited to see Kyle Pitts this season. You know, I, there's going to be a learning curve for a rookie tight end. It's not the easiest position to come in and just kind of hit the ground running, but he's just such a special player. He is so talented. His ceiling is so high. So I'm really excited about him. And actually, I became a pretty big fan of Hayden Hurst last year. I think mm -hmm. that he showed, you know, he developed really good chemistry with Matt Ryan. He plays hard. I think that he's talented. Um, so, yeah, I really like this one-two punch of tight ends here. You know, no shade to Lee Smith. I appreciate his blocking, et cetera. But, you know, those are the guys that are going to have the bigger impact on the offensive performance, I think. And so, yeah, I, I love this position group. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I feel like this could be the group that has a much bigger impact than I think people are anticipating. And really, maybe more so because Hayden Hurst. I think he's going to get a lot of really good looks a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups because of the fact that Kyle Pitts is on the other side. Calvin Ridley is on the field. Um, like Hayden Hurst could be in the position to really have a breakout season and no one's talking about him. Uh, and I feel like that's, that's something that uh, if you're, you know, drafting for fantasy to bring it back to that, 
Um, Hayden Hurst could be a great value pickup um, later on, you know, deeper in because everyone's going to go after Kyle Pitts relatively early uh, because of just the sheer potential of the kid. But Hurst, I think, could be someone that's really, really valuable in fantasy. So there's your fantasy tip of the day from me, folks. I'm not a great fantasy guy, so take it with a grain of salt. Um, Matt Chambers, how do you feel about this tight end group? I feel much better about this group than your fantasy. And that is terrible, <laughs> terrible advice. I would not, I, I'm, 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 I'm very big on hating her. Uh, do not draft him in fantasy. Do, do not draft fantasy. That's <laughs> late rounds, late. I, I mean, like a, a 12 team with extended rosters. I don't, I, anyone has him in my, in my, league. um, so, yeah, I, I think he's going to be. Um, player, a fantasy player. Uh, I'm I'm quite excited for this because uh, you know I know what we're we're get to is the offensive line is going to be spoiler alert. Um, I think that's going to open up a lot of opportunities for the tight ends as well as if if you look at the wide receiver depth, it's uh, it's it's bad without Julio uh, for sure after after you get out of the starters. So I mean, if I was to put together a theoretical team because we haven't really seen our starters. Uh, I, I'd have uh, Hayden Hurst. I'd have Kyle Pitts in there um, as, as much as I possibly could because they're, I mean, quite honest, you know, just not, to put it nicely, they're, they're, they're going to be better weapons than say Christian Blake or um, uh, anybody else backing up, uh, <laughs> backing up our, our starting wide receivers. So uh, I, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I think that they're going to be great. We all saw that one very single Kyle Pitts catch, which, uh, you know, if you're, if you're watching live and like me, I haven't gotten used to anybody's numbers yet. I was like, who the hell is that? Cause like he, he made just a hell of a play. And I, I think you're, you're going to see that a lot. Uh, so I, th- I think you're going to get a lot of that extra attention on Pitts. Um, I, I think he's still going to win those matchups. You're going to have some uh, extra attention on Calvin Ridley. I think he's still going to win those matchups, but uh, you know, d- just like what was said, Hayden Hurst is going to get a lot of, uh, of those one-on-ones and he, he was already fast. He dropped, he dropped even more weight. He's not going to block anybody. Let's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, I'm, I'm glad that Arthur Smith just, you know, he, he accepted it. He's like, you're, you're not, you're not blocking anybody. So, you know, d- drop 15 pounds. I, I, I think that's what he did. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I, I think, he, yeah, I, I think he's going to be great. I would not draft him in fantasy, but I think between <laughs> the two of them, like it's going to be good, you know, a little reminiscent of um, uh, potentially, like I said, we, we haven't seen starters, but, uh, potentially like the, um, uh, I'm going to mess up on the year on this, but the, uh, the Patriots offense from, uh, you know, about a decade ago with, uh, Rob Gronkowski and, uh, someone else, um, in there. Uh, I, I think that, I think that th- those are going to go together really well and it's going to, um, and it, it's hopefully going to cover up our major issues on the offensive line as well as a wide receiver. So super happy with uh, super happy with this uh, team as well as Lee Smith. Lee Smith's always going to get an A plus out of me. <laughs> and to be fair, um, I do think for what purpose you bring in a player like Lee Smith for, which is to get in there and be a run blocker and to be a pass blocker, he is very very good at that. Um, he is actually one of the best uh, tight ends uh, in in that regard. He is maybe going to give you one catch this year, and it's and if he is getting more than one catch, something has not gone well with the offense this year. Um, so I, I want to defend Lee Smith a little bit because I do feel like he actually made a lot of sense. He's a player that could actually influence Hurst and Pitts to become better blockers. Uh, 
which is a very low bar, admittedly. But Lee Smith, I think, for what we brought him in for is going to be uh, good for that position. Um, we've brought in blocking tight ends before who have been not particularly good at blocking, which is problematic when you bring in those guys. Um, but yeah, and then, of course, Dirk Cutter would you know, roll them out wide, which was painful. Anyways, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that road again. Um, I will say the Kyle Pitts play that we saw in the preseason – to me, the thing that jumped out about that play is number one, I think it showed that Arthur Smith is going to find creative ways to get him the ball. Um, and cause he used a jet screen, like he rolled and the play itself was just a, a fantastically designed play, uh, which makes me excited about what we're going to see this year. Um, and it was a single, like it, the play was intended to go to one and only one target. Like there were no fallback options on that play. Uh, and it was going to go to Kyle Pitts and he turned it into a 27 yard gain, even after stumbling, like he stumbled and still gained 27 yards. <laughs> and it didn't even look like he was running that fast because he's such a big, uh, a big guy, six foot six, but he was blowing past guys. And um, I, I think we're just getting a sneak peek at what his unlimited potential is. I'm really excited about him. Um, Matt, what is your grade for this unit? So far, we've got like B's for quarterbacks and the running backs. How do you feel about the tight ends? Uh, so before I get to my grade, I did want to piggyback on that just a little bit. Hayden, sure. sorry, not Hayden Hurst. Uh, Kyle Pitts's uh, his speed and size combination on the field is oh, perplexing. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, when you when you're looking at him, you're like he like he he's running as fast as a wide receiver, but like he doesn't he he does not look it. Um, it's crazy, but you know, if if I if I'm gonna give Josh Rosen one compliment, it's that when you give him only one read, he's gonna do pretty well. <laughs> um, but as as far as the tight ends, this is a solid A for me. I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy about this group. Like I said, Hurst and Pitts together. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So that, that's a strong A for me. Yeah, Gina, how do you feel about it? A plus. A plus. I think it's a really well-rounded group. I think that they cover all the bases that they need from this tight ends group. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, Matt, you brought up the Patriots 10 years ago. I think this duo has the potential. I'm not going to say they're hundred percent going to reach this, but I think they have that same kind of potential to be that one, two punch at tight end that could just absolutely frustrate defensive coordinators all year long. And um, yeah, it's for me, it's a, a plus, you know, whatever in that high range, but I'm really, really excited about this group. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about wide receivers. We're going to talk about offensive line because what's interesting here is I feel like there's some really good things to say and then some really not so great things to say, but before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is David Walker. I'm joined by Gina Kelly and Matt Chambers. We're talking about the Falcons offense, the 53-man roster. 
uh, our grades for this unit overall uh, going into the season. We've talked about quarterback, running back, and tight end. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Gina, um, our top two guys. Um, Julio Jones is gone. I don't want to talk about that anymore. That is a, a topic that's been beaten to death. Uh, we still have the amazing Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage as our two starters. And I do want to point out, this is um, something I think that holds some weight. The Falcons depth chart shows that they will be starting the season um, in a 12 formation. So one running back, two tight ends as their starters. Um, Dirk Cutter last year had three wide receivers as the starting offense. So this is a bit of a change. I think this is indicative of what we're going to see from Arthur Smith. He was no coach ran the 12 formation more than he did last year in the NFL. Um, and it looks like he's going to bring that to Atlanta, uh, which we all suspected he would. But right now, the two starters, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, how do you feel about these two guys? I feel great about these two guys. Um, you know, I don't want to belabor the Julio thing either, but there's just no real replacing a, a guy of his caliber. But I still don't feel terrible about these starters. Um, Alameda Zacchaeus, he is a guy who can make some plays. Uh, you know, Christian Blake has certainly potential to be decent coming off the bench. Um, I love Frank Darby so far. But yeah, as far as the two starters, I feel pretty good about them. Um, Matt, Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, are you, you mentioned, you, you actually mentioned Julio Jones earlier. And I think the, this really becomes more of a conversation of depth. But now that Gage is sort of stepping up into that wide receiver two role, um, how do you feel about those two guys and, and what they are going to offer the team this year? Well, I did feel a lot better about the wide receivers last year. Um, I know we're not getting into the Julio thing. Um, so I still feel I still feel pretty good. I, I know that our own um uh, Ali, uh sorry, Ellen Sturk. Is it Sturk? Sturk. Oh, yes. I, hope, I hope we can edit this. Um uh Sturk did a uh he, he did a film review that I think just posted on Friday. Um, on, on Gage, kind of looking at his development because he did start off as kind of a uh, a gadget player. Like I think he was the uh, I think he was the six round pick. Like he uh, he played like a couple different positions or something. Uh, in, Atlanta stuck him in at wide receiver, and and he I, I've been quite impressed with him as a player. Uh, really kind of piggybacking off of Sturk's article, uh, he he's developed really, really well. And my, my, my only question there is if he can stay healthy, he's, he has all these like crazy acrobatic catches where you're like, I can't believe he caught that. And then usually landing, like he'll lean on his back buddy or something. And, yeah. uh, you know, then miss two games or something like that. Hopefully some additional conditioning or something will, will, will help that. Uh, we probably don't need to talk about Calvin Ridley. He's, he's legit. Definitely one of the best route runners in the, um, in the NFL, uh, you know, great red zone target, like you great player. He's, you can't jump very high or anything, but outside of that, like I, th I think he's, he's got like everything. 70 years old. There's that. Yeah. 96 I mean, years old. It's amazing yeah. what he can, what he can do as a geriatric wide receiver. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like I'm in my thirties and like my back hurt. <laughs> so I can't, I can't imagine at his age, like he, he probably just sees the ball and he's like, I'm not, it's not worth it to jump for that. And, you know, fair enough. But uh, I mean, Ridley, obviously, like that, that is a number one wide receiver. I, I think Gage, uh, you know, Gage fits well as a, uh, you know, like your standard wide receiver too. like he, he can be pretty good. Maybe, um, well, we're going to be on 17 games, but 
you know, I, I think he could probably flirt with close to a thousand yards uh, receiving if he stays healthy. Yeah. And that's uh, the 17 game point is actually a really important one. Cause it does sort of make you look at the depth and, and wonder, okay, if over a longer season, uh, can you keep both these guys healthy, healthy for 17 games? And if not, who steps up in their place? Um, and Gina, you mentioned some of the names, Alameda Zacchaeus, who I think is actually like, he, he's looked good the past, um, you know, the past year. He, he looks like a player that mm-hmm. can create some separation, runs good routes. Um, you know, Christian Blake, uh, I mean, like if uh, I, I could say some good things if you force me to. Uh, <laughs> Tajay Sharp, uh, like, this is where I think the, the depth really falls off a good bit. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even realize Sharp made the roster. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise to me, too, when I was preparing right. for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. 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 Good, yeah. good to know. Tajay Sharp. And then Frank Darby, who, you know, I, I, I'll be honest. I think with Frank Darby, um, I think the team just didn't want to move on from a, a player that they drafted. I think they're stashing him on the 53-man roster. I will be surprised if he's even active on game days because he, mm-hmm. you know, he was very limited in what he could do in the preseason and appears to have very little special teams value. So that's going to be a problem as well. Um, so, yeah, after Ridley engaged, like, uh, first of all, Ridley, I, sh- I think he showed in the joint practices in Miami that he is going to be an absolute stud this year. Like he's, he deserves to be drafted in the top five in, in a fantasy league. He's going to mm-hmm. be an, he's always been good in the red zone. Um, and it, like last year, I think 13, 1400 yards close to that. Um, as for, you know, a good part of, this, part of the season as wide receiver too, with you know, Jones still on the team. And he, I, I just think he's going to have a monster year. Um, Russell Gage, I'm with you, Matt. I think, you know, he has the potential to hit a thousand. I think the only thing there is, you know, what happens with the tight ends and how much they contribute and that, that could, you know, keep him around the 700 yard mark, which is still pretty good. But yeah, if either of these guys goes down, like maybe Zacchaeus can fill in decently, but past that, I'm, I'm feeling less and less optimistic. Like I'm, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, Hey, put Cordero Patterson out there instead of Tajay Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. All that said, wide receivers, Gina, uh, what kind of grade do you give this unit? Uh, so give a grade for the starters and then one for the, uh, for the depth. Starters. I'm going to give him an A um, mainly because of Ridley, because he is arguably the best route runner in the entire league. Um, the, Depth, I'm going to give probably a C, too. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Matt, how do you feel about the group? Uh, I, I feel like uh, Gina subscribes to the everybody gets a trophy policy. Um, <laughs> <grade> like that. <laughs> Wow, uh, I, I, I was not prepared to uh, to approach either of those grades. Um, I, honestly, I, I think the starters. I, I think you'd probably put that as like uh, j- just compared to other teams. Like you, you consider it like a good situation. It's not great. Say like what Atlanta had last year. Uh, I would have given that an A for sure. Um, I, I think they're. I think I'm giving out a lot of Bs. I, I, I feel like they're they're right in that B, maybe B plus category. In that, uh, you know, they're they're better than they're better than league average, but like they're not, uh, you, you know, they they're not an elite duo, um, or at least that, that's not my expectation. Feel free to prove me wrong, Russell Gage, and um, you know, <laughs> blow up for fifteen hundred yards. Like I'd be I'd be happy to be wrong about that. 
Um, and the depth is and has been very concerning. Uh, to be quite honest with you, I've, I've been watching the waiver wires, hoping for Atlanta to be a little bit more active than they were. Hmm. Um, and wide, wide receivers is one of those positions because uh, quite honestly, if, if one of these starters goes down, uh, we, we are in some trouble. I, I don't know how you, I, I don't know how you would replace uh, Calvin Ridley. If, if he goes down like that's that, that would be a problem. Uh, the, the, this depth is bad. Uh, Frank Darby not showing anything is um, uh <laughs> that's i know we're, we're gonna hit on mayfield um here in a second but <laughs> yes we are uh, for, for for your first draft and, and to have take a wide receiver like that and then have him um kind of play like he's played and now just kind of sitting at the very bottom of the depth chart that's a problem tg sharp uh on the roster that's a problem uh, i i i hate this this is a uh um you know this is a d this is a solid d grade on, on that depth that's bad it's bad. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm, I feel like B plus on the starters um, to your point, it, it's like Calvin Ridley is an A plus in my mind. Um, <laughs> Russell Gage, I think is, uh, is a little bit of a question mark as the number two for an entire season uh, for the reason, one of the reasons you mentioned Matt was, you know, his propensity to sort of make these big plays, but I think it's going to make him more susceptible to, to injury and to, you know, bumps and, Knicks throughout the season that could impact his performance. And uh, I like Gage, uh, but I don't know if he is a full-blown wide receiver too. Uh, As you said, want him to prove me wrong. So I think B plus for this unit, I still think it's a good group, the two starters. Uh, And for the the backups, like a C minus, I'm not quite ready to go for a D, but uh, like Christian Blake and Tajay Sharp could maybe push me over the edge. I do, I do think Alameda Zacchaeus is sort of underrated by fans and myself included. Um, he is a player that when he was on the field, Matt Ryan was targeting him. And if Matt Ryan targets a guy, that's usually a good sign that he likes what they do, um, which is, you know, if Matt Ryan never targets Christian Blake, that probably is a sign we shouldn't have him on the roster but anyhow that's where we stand with the wide receivers um all right last position group uh matt hinted at it this one's gonna be fun to talk about uh the the offensive line um we have uh for many years as falcons fans suffered through some absolutely dreadful offensive lines the 2013 unit in particular i think nearly got matt ryan killed on the field. Um, and this unit, I do feel like has some potential. I think they're going to be better than that 2013 unit, which is an admittedly very, very, very low bar. Um, but there are a lot of new starters on this line. Uh, so Matt left tackle, Jake Matthews left guard, no longer Josh Andrews, who will probably be on IR for at least three weeks, maybe a little bit longer. Um, right now at left guard, it's going to be rookie Jalen Mayfield, at center, second-year player Matt Hennessy. Um, at right guard, Chris Lindstrom. And at right tackle, Kayla McGarry. Um, they're going up in game one against a very formidable uh, front four in the Eagles, uh, including Fletcher Cox, uh, who will be meeting Jalen Mayfield head-to-head throughout this game. Uh, how do you feel about the starters in particular before we even bother talking about uh, the backups whose names I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pull up the depth chart just to make sure I remember them all. Well, um, 
<laughs> I I feel good about uh, Jake Matthews. I feel good about actually pretty okay about Matt Hennessy. I feel good about Chris Lindstrom. I've got real questions about everything else, especially at the start of the season. So um, Caleb McGarry, you know, I've had questions about since they traded back up into the first for him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that the grade that I'm going to give this group is actually not like part of the traditional grading scale. I'm going to give them T's and P's because I am <laughs> sending all of my thoughts and prayers that this unit will actually be not a disaster this year. Oh, oh my God. Um, Matt, uh, how do you feel about the starting offensive line as it stands right now? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know like what's it what to touch on really um i mean left oh yeah mayfield a left guard is going to be uh that's that's going to be problematic like this reminds me of i, I think it was the 2011 playoffs where uh we were yeah, I, I think we were against the uh the green bay packers and i can't remember who the starting corner was um, but, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to mess up all these names now. It's been a Chris decade. Owens. Yeah. Chris so, Owens. Okay. So Chris Owens was going to be forced into a, uh, a starting role. And I remember thinking, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and, uh, that was indeed a very, very big problem. And, uh, Atlanta did not play well. Uh, Mayfield gives me that same feeling like he, like I, I kind of would have expected a little something out of him. I didn't really, you know, understand the the the, the draft pick. I think he he went in the third round. Um, you know, it, it didn't really fill a, fill a need, but I know that you know we're, we're kind of working on a best player available. But we we saw Mayfield this preseason at guard. We saw him at tackle, and he was awful at both. Um, so I, I can't imagine the disaster that's um, going to happen week one. I, I hope they give him a lot of help. Um, I, I, I wish we were able to see a lot more Matt Hennessy since he's obviously the starter now. He's had a, you know, a, a full year under his belt. We, we didn't get to see a lot of him. Um, and uh, kind of like what Gina said, Caleb McGarry, I still don't know if he's I still don't know if he's like a yeah. scheme fit. I don't know if he's good. I, I feel much better if Matt Gano was still yes. healthy. We, we, we don't know exactly what happened to him, uh, but he appears like he's going to be out for a while. He's probably better than McGarry, the the best I can tell. Um, so th- this is this is not a great way to uh, to, to really enter this. Uh, but it, I mean, if, if our plan was to have Josh Andrews starting, um, I mean, we, we had a bad plan from the start. <laughs> fair. That's, that's a fair point. Um, all right. I, I feel like all right. Jake Matthews is uh, a good quality left tackle. Um, I, I feel like I'm tired of having to defend him from fans, but uh, yeah. if you don't believe that, uh, suck it. Like, I don't care. Yeah. If, if you don't believe that, you're wrong and your yeah. opinion is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, this is a pro Jake Matthews podcast. If you don't like it, um, there are other trashier podcasts you can listen to. Um, the left guard, as you mentioned, Jalen Mayfield, uh, honestly, uh, what you said, Matt, about Josh Andrews makes me feel like, okay, like you're, I don't know that it's a downgrade necessarily going from Andrews to Mayfield, but going from like bad to bad is not necessarily uh, encouraging to begin with. 
the thing that I find interesting about Matt Hennessy is that he was essentially uh, the starter at the beginning of camp and was never challenged. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I think he impressed the coaching staff enough that they were treating him like a season starter. He was not playing in the games, the first couple of preseason games. Um, they apparently saw enough out of him that they felt like, yeah, this guy's ready to go. That their own draft pick, Drew Dahlman, really never even threatened to take over as the starter. Um, so Hennessy looks like he has the endorsement of the coaching staff, which makes me feel a little bit better about the center position than maybe I did coming into the season. Um, Lindstrom, I think, is going to emerge as a, a really – you know, top-notch interior uh, offensive lineman this year. And uh, you said it perfectly, Matt. I, I feel like if Gono were healthy, he would be challenging for right tackle as a starter. Um, I don't know if he would have won it, but I feel like it would have been close. And with McGarry having spent the first part of the preseason injured, I think Gono would have uh, emerged as a potential starter at right tackle. So uh, I agree. I think both of you hit on some key points here. And this is a unit that uh, – Hopefully, what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee in 2020, where at one point he literally was onto his third string left tackle because uh, they lost Taylor Lewan. Uh, at one point, he had Tyson Breo at left tackle and was still scoring points. And then Tyson Breo went out with injury. So, um, and it, just to remind people, Arthur Smith played offensive line in college, he was an offensive line coach for a while. Uh, coach tight ends before he did become offensive coordinator. So I feel like there's a pedigree there that hopefully will, will lift up this entire unit. Um, but that remains to be seen. Uh, so Gina, what's your grade for the starters, for the starting offensive line? Ugh. Other than the T's and P's. I was seriously going to stick with the T's and P's. Oh, um, I'm going to give them. T's and P's if you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with T's and P's. My grade is T's and P's. Please, and P's. please do not be a catastrophe. I am begging you. Oh man, Matt, offensive line. How you feel? Uh, th this might sound a little high. There, there still is Jake Matthews, Chris Lindstrom. I, I think he he's legit. Um, every, everywhere else, I have questions. So this is this is a pr probably a C minus for me. I actually think that's fair. That's actually where I was heading with this. I was going to say maybe just a neutral C um, where you've got two really good starters in Matthews and Lindstrom, uh, a starter that seems to have the endorsement of the coaching staff in Hennessy, and then two question marks. So that feels like sort of middle of the road. You're splitting the, the difference between these five guys. Okay. The backups to be clear, <laughs> because again, I had to look this up, Jason Spriggs, who's going to be our swing tackle. Uh, who actually didn't look that bad in the preseason, to be fair to him. Um, Drew Dahlman, who actually I felt like had a decent game against Miami, uh, where he played a good bit of the snaps against Miami's starting defense uh, and held up pretty well. So, you know, Drew Dahlman, our draft pick this year. Um, and then the guy that we just claimed off waivers, Colby Gossett, uh, who uh, is the former sixth round pick from Minnesota from 2018, seems to be more of a run uh, uh, run blocker than a, a particularly good pass blocker. Uh, and I don't have really strong thoughts about any of these guys. So I don't even know if I want to ask anyone to give uh, <laughs> like, you know, there's not a Ben Garland or a Wes Schweitzer in this group uh, to, to bring back some old names, but uh, do you guys have any strong feelings about the backup offensive lineman uh, here? 
I'm going to give them the same grade that I gave the, the starters. <laughs> and that's, but, but this time the T's and P's are that we never have to find out during regular season play. Oh man. No how kidding. good these guys actually are or bad. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Lord, Lord help us. If the, any of these guys end up uh, playing for an extended period of time. Um, yeah, th- these guys really make me miss Wes Schweitzer and Ben Garland a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked I, Ben Garland. Ben was a he was a I did too. He was good. He played, he played defensive yeah. tackle too, didn't he? Uh he sacked Russell Wilson with the safety, as he sure yeah. did in the playoffs. I, I, I think that yeah, that, that cleared out the game. That was man, he was good. Uh, but no, no. Instead, we have these guys. Um, I'm a little concerned that they, they never put Dolman in at, uh, you know, as a potential guard. Um, just starting to kind of have some questions on this draft, uh, um, you know, on this draft class. But, you know, it's still obviously way too early to have that. But, um, yeah, that's the most I can really come up with. On, 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 on. <laughs> no, no, no real big hot takes. Um, all right. Fair enough. Uh, I think we'll leave the backups. Uh, with the T's and P's, as Gina put it. Okay, uh, we've talked about all the position groups. Um, I'm going to ask both of you, what do you feel about the entire group going into the season? Just one generic grade um, about what this offense may be in 2021. So Gina, I'll go to you first. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, this is tough. I'm just going to take the easy way out here and go with a C like I don't really know what to expect I mean can I give them an incomplete we didn't really see the starters in the preseason it's That's very hard to know how to put this together um or maybe like a pass fail grade like okay pass but I'm not going to tell you how close you were to failing like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like I don't even I don't even know what to do with this overall so Actually, yeah I have to give them an incomplete I think that was the perfect synopsis, actually. <laughs> uh, how do how do you uh, say the shoulder shrug emoji on the podcast? How do you convey that? I uh, think that you just say shoulder shrug emoji. <laughs> there you go, done. <laughs> oh, Chambers, uh, same question to you. Do like a about of just. It's Uh-oh. definitely a move there. Uh, uh, bravo. I kind of to um, hold on. Sorry, is it true? Is... Yeah, you're, you're like breaking up. Shit. Uh... <laughs> he was about We're doing to give amazing. His, he was about to give his hottest take, and the internet broke. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, the little warning sign has gone away. Am I, am I um, clear? Yeah, you're coming in now. Okay, uh, I, I I do actually like this grade of an incomplete because I don't know. I, I think I wrote about this uh, all days ago. Like we, we really have no idea what to expect. Uh, the roster, as we've discussed, not great. Uh, a, a lot of issues, and I think that there there is a way that they can make this offense effective. But I don't, I don't know if that's what's in the cards for right now. Um, it, it's, it, it's so hard to tell. It, it's so early. If I was to give a grade, it, it wouldn't be good. But I still have, uh, like I said, a little bit of that cautious optimism um, somewhere deep down, deep down inside of me that the these Falcons haven't um, completely beaten out of me quite yet. <laughs> but, uh, inc- incomplete sound, sounds right. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be a couple of weeks before we even really have a good grasp on what this offense is. 
that's that's fair. Uh, I'm going to go the optimistic route, uh, and I'm going to say this is a B plus unit with the caveat, as long as they stay healthy, because I think the depth is problematic. Um, mm-hmm. We we already you know we went through each of the position groups, and like the only position where we feel good about the depth is where there's only three players to begin with at tight end, uh, which is <laughs> you know numerically there's pretty good odds it's going to work out, um, but. Yeah, I feel like a B-plus unit, and I feel like for what Arthur Smith can do as a play caller, they could do a lot of good things so long as the starters stay mostly healthy for the, the entirety of the season. And that's the question mark. And honestly, I think, you know, when we talk about roster construction, um, you know, a lot of fans are probably, you know, just really having a hard time with the Falcons' depth being this bad. And look, there was no circumstance – under which Terry Fontenot was going to come in and build out quality depth in one season. It just wasn't going to happen. And especially with the salary cap issues that he inherited, there was no way he was going to flesh out every single position from a depth standpoint. Uh, And that includes on the offense, like with what we're seeing here, where there's a lot of question marks. I think they've got some good top line starters, uh, guys like Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, um, you know, they give me a lot of confidence that this team can do something on offense this year. But for those who are sort of, you know, trashing this team, they're going to take a a couple of years to rebuild the depth on this roster. And it's going to be through smart signings, getting the salary cap under control and some good draft picks. And honestly, there's no other way to do it. It's going to take time. Uh, So those of you complaining about the depth of the roster, this, this frankly is part of the mess that Thomas Dimitrov left this team with. Um, and you know what? I'm glad he's gone. So mm-hmm. uh, Gina, any final thoughts before we wrap up this podcast? I just hope that this is not a miserable season. <laughs> I mean, that's where I am right now. Like we all deserve a little bit of joy in our lives from the Falcons. <laughs> We've been through it over the past, you know, year and a half with everything going on in the world. And then obviously the last several years with the Falcons, we deserve a good on-field product this year. So mm-hmm. fingers crossed that that's what we get. Agreed. Matt, final thoughts. Uh, my final thoughts are we are most likely not seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How could I follow that up? Um, all right. So on that note, Matt, tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Uh, you can always find my articles over at the Falcoholic. Uh, I think I am. Uh, uh, oh, why is this the one question I'm not prepared for? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Falcoholic Matt, uh, usually with some uh, stupid tweets. <laughs> usually, like that's your whole thing, man. Is the stupid tweets? I had, I had a cap space joke. Because uh, <laughs> yesterday that I had I had to delete. I forgot how uh, nuanced cap space can be, but uh, <laughs> but you know it's it, it's just kind of funny because we're we're still paying a lot of well we're not paying the money, but we still have a good bit of dead cap space going towards Desmond Trufant, who obviously hasn't been here for uh, quite a while. So uh, yeah. I'll definitely be making some jokes about Desmond Trufant uh, over at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, my God. All right, Gina, the same from you. Run the listeners where they can find you. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Gina Thomas, J-E-A-N-N-A Thomas, where I'm usually posting pictures of my dogs or yelling about the Falcons or other things. Those are good things to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Matt Chambers and Gina Kelly, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.